Morning Christchurch. Today's reading is taken from Colossians 1, 24 through to Colossians 2, verse 5. And it starts off with a heading of Paul's labour for the church. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking to re in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations that is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all its with with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all those that have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom, all hidden, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding fine arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. This is the word of the Lord. I'm just going to read part of that verse again. Verse 2 and, well, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Paul says this, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's quite a lot going on in this passage this morning, but for me, that little extract there, that's the key of what Paul's desire for the church of Colossae is. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, or if it's been a little while, uh, my name's Ed. Uh, I'm a lay reader here at Christchurch. Uh, if you haven't been with us for the last couple of weeks, as Anna said, we're looking at this series on Colossians. Um, if you've missed any of them, then you know, do know you can always catch up if you wish uh, on the uh, Facebook. We have sort of videos of just the sermons if you want to listen to that, and they're also available as podcasts as well. But as a very brief summary, we've heard about how Colossae was this sort of slightly run-down town, but still with this fledgling Christian community, and about how Paul writes that Christ is supreme over all things. And now, really, Paul sort of shifts his tone to, to really, what, what is his purpose for, for writing this letter? And so, as a result, he talks about a whole load of things. He talks about filling up in the flesh what is lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions, um, about his commission, about contending with all his efforts uh, for the church. And much of this is to justify his position as an apostle uh, to this church um, that he's never um, actually seen. He's never been there before. 
But to summarize his intentions for the churches, the church of Colossae and Laodicea, he says this. He sets out three things that the early believers would be encouraged in heart and united in love, that they might have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in you, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I think those are some quite bold prayers for the church. I wonder what it would look like for us to pray those prayers for Christ Church today. We're going to have a look at this passage together. Um, but just before we do, I'm just going to pray for us very quickly. Heavenly Father, please help us to hear your word this morning. Help us to enjoy this moment of quiet in a busy and noisy world. May there be less of us and more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul's first hope is this. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. Do you feel encouraged of heart and united in love this morning? Well, it wasn't a joke. <laughs> you laughed a bit hard there, Mike. Um, I'm not trying to say that as a challenge, necessarily. I don't want to provoke the response of, oh, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I don't. Maybe I should. That's not really what I'm going for. Because when I come to church on a Sunday morning, um, I am. I am genuinely encouraged. I am encouraged by uh, the music leaders who have taken time out of their week to prayerfully choose songs and rehearse to, to lead us in a time of worship. I'm encouraged by people who get here early to, to greet me on my way in through the door. I'm encouraged by the people who turn up for maintenance day to rake leaves and occasionally pick up a dog's business. Um, and I'm encouraged by the way that actually I know there's many people here who have served the church for far longer than I have and have continued to serve it to make it a place of worship and refuge. I'm encouraged by their example, and I know that I am invited to serve Christ as well. So yes, this morning, I am encouraged to be in the presence of fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. If you haven't already this morning, maybe take a moment just to look around at the people around you. Um, I wouldn't do it all at once. You might make eye contact with someone, and then have to sort of look away very quickly. But at some point, have a look around. And be encouraged by the cloud of witnesses, the brothers and sisters in Christ who've joined us this morning. And that said, I'm aware that it might be that I actually don't feel particularly encouraged um, this morning. That actually, um, whether you're uh, in person or if you're joining us online, um, that actually those experiences that I've described, they feel quite far away from your own. But if that's the case, can I just say thank you for, for coming anyway? Because actually, even if you're joining us just for a little while, as we try to serve God um, as a community and as individuals, you are an encouragement to everyone here. Please don't let that be nothing. So Paul hopes that they are encouraged in heart, but he also hopes that the church is united in love. Note that 
Paul doesn't say that he prays the church will have no disagreements and agree about everything, but that actually they would be united in love. As an aside, um, I know that many of us are feeling pretty, pretty COVID-weary, um, not just weary um, of the weirdness that the last couple of years has been, but a weariness of, of the regulations and the restrictions and the changes that have come with that. And as restrictions begin to ease, which it looks like that they will, and people have different sensitivities about what they're comfortable with, it can be really hard to be united in love. But my real hope and my prayer is that we continue to be kind and gracious to one another as we come out of this period, particularly over the next few weeks and months. I pray that we will be united in love. So that's Paul's first hope for the church, that they will be encouraged and united in love. His second is that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. I'll say that again. The full riches of complete understanding. There's an irony there, because I don't actually know what that means. Um, Because I don't feel like I have the full riches of understanding. Actually, I feel that I have questions that are unresolved. And actually, the more that I do life with God, actually, I just get more questions, or those questions become deeper-seated. Some of them are quite trivial, but other ones have, have lasted and endured. And I still have tension with questions like, why is there so much pain in the world? Why is there so much inequality? And why does it sometimes feel like it's getting worse? Why are loved ones taken from us before their time? If you Google uh, what it means, uh, as I often do when I'm not totally sure, um, it's often linked to a bit in the next section, later on in chapter 2, to do with ensuring that those who believe are true to Christ, says this later on, to see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. If that's the case then, uh, I wonder if the full riches of complete understanding, I wonder if it's not an answer to every question that we have. But rather I wonder if the full riches are to understand something of how God loves us and the world so completely and unconditionally. How he will never stop loving his creation And something, to know something of the peace, to know that in spite of everything that we might be seeing or hearing, Christ is sovereign over all. And the only way to know that, or at least I I think the only way to, to really know that, is for Christ to dwell in us. To Christ to dwell in me, and for Christ to dwell in you. And part of the reason I think this is because of Paul's final hope for the church, which is this. In order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 
In this uh, passage, the word mystery here uh, can mean a couple of different things. But I think particularly here, it means something of the Christian experience to actually have Christ live in us and live through us. But I don't actually uh, particularly like the word mystery here. Um, for me, the word mystery, it kind of has connotations of, of being a bit of a riddle or, or a puzzle. Um, some, some knowledge perhaps is, is exclusive, which I really resent the idea of. And indeed, that's what the mysteries used to be. Just an aside, I now, uh, I now work as an accountant, but I studied uh, ancient history. So I have to try and, you know, where I can sort of <laughs> find a use for it. And this is one of those moments. Because actually, the Greek word here in the text is um, mysterion, and it's the same word that's used for the ancient Greek and ancient Roman um, mystery cults. In ancient uh, Greece and Rome, the idea of mysteries was that they were cults. Um, and there were lots of different cults. Uh, you had cults to Dionysus, uh, if you wanted to get drunk a lot. Um, it might sound quite popular. Uh, there was a cult of Mithras, who interestingly was quite a sort of, uh, it was a growing religious movement similar to the time um, of Christ. Uh, one of the most famous was the um, Ulyssian uh, Mysteries, uh, which was basically dedicated to like the harvest. But the thing that defined a cult was the mysteries. These were a set of rites which were only performed with the initiated. As a result, they were kept secret. And even now, we don't actually know that much about what took place in them. Like actually, you know, most of what we know is, is from pots like this one, uh, some of the rituals and relations that were, that were had with it. But the key point of a cult is he had to go through these rites of initiation before the mysteries were revealed to you. For me, this is the antithesis of the Christian faith. It is the complete opposite. Because in Christ, all are welcome to the Lord's table. All are loved and embraced. And so what I find interesting is that not all translations actually use the, the English word mystery. Uh, some translate it as secret uh, or message, um, and others still use truth, which would make it you know, the truth of God, that is Christ in you. And the more I read this passage, the more I think Paul is trying to stress probably the opposite of what my gut response was. That Paul is saying yes, absolutely, the only true way to wisdom and knowledge, that full richness of complete understanding, is through the mystery of God. That is Christ in you. But that, that is open to everyone. There's nothing Christ wants more than to dwell richly in our hearts and in our lives. God wants nothing more than for Christ to dwell in you. I said at the beginning, what might it mean for, for Christ Church to, to pray this prayer today? Those three things, to be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that we might have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I think as a church, we're, we're good at a lot of those things. But that doesn't mean I don't think we can be better. 
to be more united in love, to be more encouraging of one another, to be of complete understanding and to invite and welcome others to the Lord's table. I pray for us as we, as we go into our week and, and, and the weeks going forwards, as we continue to look at this series, that we would look to encourage one another and make known something of the mystery of our Lord Jesus Christ that is open to all, that is Christ in you. Rich is uh, going to come up and uh, in a moment um, lead us in a, in a response. Um, but I just thought, just for a moment of reflection, might take a moment, because um, it might feel that you've never sort of had that sense of inviting Christ to, to dwell in you, proclaim Christ in me. Or it might actually be that it's felt like a while since you've had that real sense of, of Christ's presence in our lives. And if that's the case, can I invite you just during this psalm perhaps, just open your hands up and maybe spend a moment just praying for Christ to enter our hearts afresh. We might know his presence in our lives. I'm going to pray to close. Heavenly Father, I pray through that prayer Paul writes. I pray that we would be eager to encourage one another and eager to be united in love. Father, I pray about that complete the full riches of complete understanding, Lord. Lord, we can't understand everything, but I know that we can understand something, that you give us sufficient answers for today. And Father, I pray that we would know your, your goodness is enough for us. And Father, I pray that, that mystery of Christ, of Christ in us, I pray that it would be something that we are eager to invite others into as well, to share. That it wouldn't be some kind of secret that we kept hidden, but rather is, some, is a revelation of the reality with you. And Father, would you make your presence known to us in our lives today, in the weeks going forwards, if we know Christ in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.